so we're back. And uh, <laughs> we actually just recorded 30 seconds ago, so that was totally fake. But we just talked about stories and how sometimes they're not real. So I'm trying to create a narrative here. That's the, uh, they have a narrative arc, yeah. Um, anyway, what, what you've been watching lately on Netflix? Well, we talked about, uh, well, this wasn't on Netflix, but I, I've been in a little documentary. Or maybe it's brought in streaming on demand yes. television. Yeah. Was, I think it's on the, the other documentary we, we just, we talked about on the previous podcast, um, the Bill Murray documentary. That's on Netflix. That's on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. You can yeah. find that on Netflix. But then there's also a documentary on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. or streaming video or whatever they call it yep. called Generation Wealth. That, yeah, that's Amazon Prime. That's Amazon Prime. So yeah. what I've done, and, the, and this just shows you what it means to live in my house, I've told my children, this is this is complete what they call um, performative contradiction, folks. So this is a whole documentary. Basically, this woman who's been a, a, a professional photographer is for some reason, like she's she's at closer towards the end of her career. I mean, I think her oldest child is going off to college or whatever, but she's doing this kind of documentary retrospective on her career as a photographer. And for some reason, she's been taking shots since like the mid 90s or something on like extravagant wealth, like people who buy a lot of crap and just do crazy things with Get their money plastic surgery for plastic their dogs, surgery for their buy dogs those, buy islands those bags that are like millions of dollars yeah, yeah 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 so she's like when magazines are gonna do articles on this these this crazy spending like yeah people who like built their own versailles and like pay a million dollars to get their kids into usc yeah yeah, yeah. like oh that's that stuff doesn't happen that's all hypothetical This whole thing is about this extravagant wealth and how much money has become um, what we call the summa bonum, like the highest good is to, to be able so to is buy. Is that a Latin you threw in there? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank good. you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. All right. You can edit that part. Okay. But uh, that's the whole point of this thing. So I want my kids to watch it because I want my own children to kind of wrestle with like what is a good life? What does it mean to live a good life? Which I think is something we should you know continue to talk about. And uh, I told them, <laughs> Okay, if you watch this and you write a paper, like you just two questions. One question, what is this? What are the people in this documentary saying a good life is? And what do you think a good life is? So I said, you need to write that. But the only way I could get them to even entertain the idea, which they haven't done yet, was to give them 25 bucks. So I had to pay them hard, cold cash to get them to write a piece on why having your sense of the good life as being super wealthy and being able to buy as much shit as you want yeah. is not a, a very good life. Um, but it was a, it, it was a really fascinating film to me. And I think I'm going to have students in my class watch it and actually write those two questions. So if I can't get my kids to do it, I'm going to make yeah. seminary students And then they won't, they'll pay you to do it. So that's, yeah, the, that's, right. that's the beauty of it. It makes, yeah. it makes much more sense. Yeah. So, but it's it's fascinating. Did you watch it? I did. What did yeah. you think? Uh, it was super depressing. Yeah. Made me so sad. But I also think there's this tension, and I feel it. So I'm in my, I'd like to say early 30s, but I'm getting closer to my mid-30s now, but we'll say early. And 
we have friends now that have been established in their careers for a while and yeah. they're starting to buy really nice houses. Uh-huh. You know? And drive really nice cars and take these just incredible vacations. And for me, it's there's kind of this struggle because I want to say, oh, I'm so beyond that. Like, I know what a good life is. It's about family and relationships and love and money doesn't matter. But then you go on Facebook and you see, mm-hmm. you know, I'm out snow blowing and then my snowblower breaks. And then I go on Facebook later that night and my friend's in Cabo. And it's like, oh, maybe having a little money wouldn't be that bad. So, yeah. you know, I, I feel conflicted because I'd like to say that I'm beyond all that. But there is this side of me, I think, if I'm being super honest, mm-hmm. that would love to be loaded yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> would love to be re- you know that's that's the hard thing but yeah. yeah it was just it was interesting i think that question that you raised though of what's a good life i mean that's been haunting philosophers mm-hmm. since the beginning mm-hmm. and I, I think we're wrestling with it right now as a society too right and, and i think this is this is one of the things you know a thread running through these podcasts is thinking about charles taylor's thought and one of the things that taylor wants to get at is um this this sense that everyone to think about how people act within the world or how culture is even formed, it, you can't you can't disconnect people's assumptions about what is good from that. That our sense even of ourselves is embedded in, in certain forms of what we think is good. And so it's fascinating to watch that documentary because you can just become a hater of people. You know, like you can become totally misanthropic by watching it just like I hate people these people and particularly these kind of people suck but but when you have a a common human experience like no we all live out of some sense of what it means to live a full life we all live out of some sense of what is good and how is it then that a, a culture like ours could produce a certain view for these people at least is, is extensive enough that it gets on magazine articles and things like that, that this is a legitimate form of living a good life. And so, yeah, it's just a, a really interesting question that I don't think mainline Protestant pastors think about enough, which is what is the inherent good life that people are taking into our congregations? And what do we do about that? You know, what do we actually do about forming people to have some kind of conception of what is good and what's a, what, what a good life actually is. I want to bring it back to that paper that you had your kids write, or maybe you're going to have your students write. Yeah. What would you write? Gosh, that is a really good, good question. Well, I think as a, as a, as a, you know, like a committed Protestant, I would want to echo something Pauline. You know, where the good life is something like Christ and Him crucified. Um, but for me, then the good life has to wear some kind of marks of of being connected to something bigger than yourself that even leads to some kind of sense of of sacrifice. So there's a way that I would want to to frame the good life as having some kind of canonic disposition um, that leads into an experience, a shared experience of personhood, which, you know, I've, in my book, Faith Formation of the Secular Age, um, we, I, I, you know, I call hypostatic, this kind of experience of personhood that leads to some kind of level of transformation, that the good life has to take 
that that shape. Um, so for me, the good life is having a, a, a story that, that pulls you into that. The good life is having some kind of transcendent referent where you feel connected to something bigger than you that leads you to sacrifice, that leads you to see the good um, as some kind of experience of personhood that ultimately has its fullness in Jesus Christ, which then comes in a very opposite way too. Then that's why it's kind of canonic that it comes backward. It comes in humility. Um, so yeah, a good life to me does, I mean, to be really practical, kind of even in our, in our social media world, the good life wears the marks of humility and mercy. And, and I think these are certain virtues that aren't upheld very much anymore. So would you say for you, has that come through the relationships that you have or where have you experienced that the most in your life? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great way to put it. I don't think it's possible for me. And I think this is one of the things we see in that, that film. It's not possible for me to live a good life without these people that I belong to and who, who I'm responsible for, like belonging and responsibility becomes a fundamental reality for me. So it would be impossible for me to live a good life outside of my commitment to my own children and to my wife and, um, it would be impossible for me to do that. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. And actually there's a scene in the movie where they're talking, there's a, there's a high school kid that's talking about Instagram. Yeah. And he's talking about how when they put pictures out there, they know which ones get the most likes and which ones don't. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, you know, if you put like a bikini picture out there or a, you know, a sexy picture, it's going to get a lot of likes. He goes, but the ones that don't get a lot of likes are the ones where you're just with your family or you're on vacation. And it's like, well, to me, that's it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The good life are those pictures that don't get a lot of likes, but right. those are the ones that matter. Right. And that, to bring it to a sappy, you know. No, and, and that's, it's, it's a it's good. It's true. I think it's yeah. true. Yeah. And it's a, it's a good point of like what is actually good and what what gives you actually meaning. And um, I think we do tend to think that recognition, being recognized is what does that, that that's, that is a high good. And uh, yeah, and I think that could be very much a malformed kind of view of the good life. So I guess what I'm thinking too is we've talked about this before in this movie. It was sort of saying that the good life is having money and influence, but I think to a bigger extent, our culture says that the good life is recognition. Mm. Which is why people would choose hockey practice over going to confirmation on a Wednesday night because if you win the state tournament, you're going to get recognition if you just come to a class, you know, not so much or, or whatever. So I, I guess my question is, if we're claiming that the good life is something other than recognition, recognition is important, it gives you identity, that's all great stuff, but the good life is something more than that, how do we as the church... And people of faith help people live into that or lean into that. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's interesting. It's it's probably. I'm not sure. I'm not sure actually. I mean, I I I don't think that it's it, it's a recognition or not. You know, like we need as human beings, we need recognition. Yeah. So yeah. so the church needs to recognize people. But the question just, I guess, becomes. Um, 
how competition plays in recognition. I mean, this is this is part of the issue with social media, why it becomes such a, a deadly place, is because the recognition is contingent on you winning the recognition. So you're entering metaphorically into a room of a ton of people talking at the same time, having all sorts of their conversations, and somehow you have to up your, you have to make your post, your discreet language game, interesting enough that people stop having those other conversations and recognize your conversation. So it, it is a sense of where you are being compared to others and where you're trying to win it. Right. There's winners and losers. There's winners and losers. Game, right. Yeah. Like, well, like when you reference the kids saying like, you put up this picture, you get more likes, you get more recognition. You put up this, you don't get more likes. So th- that becomes a, a really interesting dynamic. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, what we do in the midst of that is we just have to narrate these other experiences and give these other visions of what it means to actually live a good life, I think. And, um, and I think that becomes really a hard thing. But I think you're onto something in the sense that it's not just that money becomes the problem. I mean, in, in, the, in the way that she's framing this documentary, it's the, it's the issue of... It's like the it's it's like Weber's um, um, Protestant work ethic and his whole view of of uh, of capitalism is completely turned on its head. Where it's not about making capital and then you know not flaunting that capital for God's sakes because you'd show you're not elect. It's actually flaunting your money even if you don't have your money because it's about receiving recognition. This is zero sum kind of. Um, kind of game so it gets back to what we did on an earlier podcast of echoing the Demi Lovato I'm sorry I'm not sorry which once competition is in there there can't be any 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 mercy so I think the church has to find some a way of, of giving recognition to our humanity um, and a recognizing our personhood as opposed to recognizing our ideological structure or our ideological commitments or um, the recognition we can win or whatever And that's the trick, because it's so hard. I mean, I know we're both kind of in the youth ministry world to some extent. And I sit here in my 30s, and I think I know what the good life is. But if I go to like a 14-year-old and say, I think the good life is on a Friday night putting my kids to bed and making popcorn and watching a movie with my – they're going to be like, that that sounds terrible. So – I mean, it sounds terrible to me listening to you talk about your no, sense of good it's life. It's the best. I know it it's the best. The best. But no. you're, but you're in, in, you're, you're living it, right? So, yeah. so the only way for for me to to actually have an experience of that good life is that one level is to experience you having that good life. So I have to be invited into that. Yeah. Which is a you profound. Come over and watch a movie sometime? I mean, yeah. not yeah, maybe. Not really. Uh, but you imagine as a fourteen year old kid how how powerfully transformational that would be to actually live in the rhythms of you living the good life in, in your sense of responsibility and commitment being lived out within that. But then the other element of that to me really then becomes the way that kind of art plays within that or something like kind of art plays where it is, I mean, that's what's fascinating about, about the documentary is that in, in, in some ways it, it wants to be artistic because it wants recognition and, and doing something creative makes you like worthy of recognition. But it actually does the very opposite thing that good art is supposed to do maybe, 
or at least historically, which doesn't open you up to really asking the question like, what is my lifetime and why do I live it? It, it, it ends up just shrinking things down to you getting your own recognition or glorification or, or, uh, or whatever. Um, and so I, I think the, the point is, yeah, I mean, I guess the point in one way is to testify to how we experience the good life and saying, come and watch. You can only know this good life by watching me live it and being taken into it. And at another level, I think maybe more directly is asking them to wrestle with how these certain malformed assertions of the good life actually lead to quite dull flatness. I mean, that's what's really ironic about watching this documentary the wealth generation is that these people end up so freaking boring and almost repulsive and yet their whole point is to use this money to prove that they're interesting people but the deeper they get into it and the more it controls them and the more it becomes the only good worth living for the flatter they become the duller they become the less interesting they become i don't know bring it home a little bit what what i find interesting in this conversation is that the story of christianity is kind of the opposite where we talk about the good life and and you were getting at it earlier to some extent that jesus says okay if you want to live you gotta you gotta give it up yeah yeah. right if you want to save your life you gotta lose it and and there's that that aspect of sacrifice and stuff you already covered that so i don't need to no, but I mean that's where we've echoed before on, on the on this other podcast where where Francis becomes an interesting litmus test mm-hmm. because Francis gives up. He's got everything like the wealth generation. Right. He's got his own yacht. You know. He's like totally living it, living out the good the 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 good life in quotes here um, with with uh, champagne and caviar and the, you know in his in his own Italian life back in you know hundreds of years ago but he gives that all up for a different sense a different a different sense of the good yeah and the good that comes to him in jesus that actually demands sacrifice and humility and um and there are people in our culture who would think that that's absolutely stupid or who would think that that would be far too risky and uh and i think and I, I think taylor's point is that tells us a little bit about ourselves New Time Religion, featuring Dr. Andy Root, is produced by me, Derek Tronsgaard. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell a friend or two about our show. You can find out more about Andy's books at his website, andrewroot.org, or order them on Amazon. His most recent book series focuses on Charles Taylor's work and the secular age. New Time Religion is a production of the Alter Guild Podcast Network. You can check them out at alterguild.org. That's A-L-T-E-R for other great shows. New episodes of our show in our first season will be coming out every week. Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll join us again next time for another round of New Time Religion.